Hello, welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. We're going to get into today's show on anxiety, but I have three quick messages. Number one, if you have not heard me talk about ADAPT, my first private label professional healthcare supplement, then you'll want to go to notjustpaleo.com slash adapt. Check out the full ingredient list. You can use the coupon code POD at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. I'm using this product. If you've ordered it already, it's on its way very shortly. Number two, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, you definitely want to check that out. Why? I'm not just telling you to subscribe for no reason. I'm doing whiteboard videos over there, and it's a much better way for me to get some of this health information across. So definitely look up Evan Brand on YouTube, and you could subscribe to the channel. And then lastly, if you're struggling with a health symptom and you want to get to the root cause of it, don't hesitate another day. Schedule a free consult with me back at the website, notjustpaleo.com, and I'll spend 15 minutes with you and talk about your options. All right, here we go. Evan, what's cooking, brother? It's been a long day. We're having a, a late podcast today. Late time show. Bison's cooking. I know. There you go. Awesome. I just had some um, grass-fed, I'm not sure, I don't think it's grass-fed, but pasture-fed uh, some uh, pork. I forget what they call them. Salami. Little salamis from Whole Foods, the Applegate pasture-fed ones, and I had uh, a carrot. That was my little mid-afternoon snack. That sounds good. And I got a little video coming up after this that I'm going to do after our podcast and I'm kind of excited about because it's been on my mind the last week or so. So that'll be out shortly too. Sweet. What about yourself? What's on your agenda? Uh, so I posted a video. Yes. No. Was that today? This morning? It's hard to keep up with the days. Like you, I'm oh, trying on to On adrenal just... fatigue, right? When you did on adrenal fatigue? I did a new one on how to get more energy. Ooh. Like how to reduce fatigue, kind of like an anti-fatigue podcast about getting your circadian rhythm regulated and things like that. I just posted that one today, I'm pretty sure. So anyone listening, that's a little plug, not just paleo, what, youtube.com, not just paleo? Yep. Or just say, if they just type Evan Brand, they'll find it. Perfect. Sweet. Well, today we talked about doing a show specifically on anxiety, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. We've done a lot of stuff on brain in general, with anxiety kind of being a subtopic. But today, we're going to keep it a little short and sweet and focused just on the topic of anxiety. So I'll let you I'll let you open it up, Evan. Sure. So my history with anxiety, I'm not an anxious person in general. But after being exposed to significant amount of stress, moving cross-country, new job, new career, leaving everything behind, friends, family, all that, anxiety popped into my life. And I was like, whoa, this is a new emotion for me. I'm unfamiliar with dealing with it and at certain levels it can become debilitating for some people and I actually have a lady that I just talked to the other day she hasn't signed up for consulting yet but during our free consult she was talking about how she's been house ridden because she has so much anxiety and she wants to know why so my first clue is thinking some copper issues or other imbalances going on but anyway anxiety is is very prevalent And the mainstream medical model has nothing to do but give you Valium, Xanax, um, lorazepam, these other benzodiazepines that ruin your GABA receptors and downregulate your GABA production. And then it makes it almost impossible for you to get off of the stuff. So that's my little intro rant on anxiety. I like it. Anxiety is common, especially with people. The more stuff you add to your to-do list, I find anxiety tends to happen when there's either a lack of control or an incomplete, you know, incomplete action on completing whatever the task is. So if the task is, you know, involves going from A to B to C and you're in the middle somewhere and you're not finishing it, 
anxiety can creep up. And there's just anxiety just for no reason. People that have no tasks that on their to-do list, no work stuff that's pressing. It's just kind of in the background. And that's some, some deeper issues there that could be gut-based. There's a lot of natural strategies that we can use. You already mentioned GABA. There's a lot of adaptogens, which me and you kind of you know, harp on so much. And there's deeper gut issues because we see so many gut issues creating mood stuff. And it makes sense because if your main neurochemicals are made from protein and these neurochemicals affect how you feel and you have an inability to digest proteins or you're just really stressed, you're in a catabolic state where your body's breaking down faster than it's building up, right? This is accelerated aging. This is the definition of accelerated aging. You're breaking down faster than you're building up. And that these tissues, these amino acids that we use to build muscle, well, if we're catabolic, we're taking a lot of those aminos and we're breaking them down instead of using them to build back up not only our muscle but also our neurotransmitters, which affect our mood too. Definitely, and how I can describe that a little bit more to like what the day-to-day feel of that is when I was dealing with adrenal issues and I was shrinking my muscles, I was losing weight from a lot of adrenal fatigue, for lack of a better term, my anxiety went up. The more muscle and weight that I lost and the more strength I lost, the more anxiety I had. And then it became this vicious cycle because I was like, wow, I'm starting to get skinny, I feel like. I had this like body image thing where I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting skinny. So then it gives you more anxiety because you're like, wow, this isn't how I want to look. This isn't how I want to feel. But there's so many symptoms behind the scenes or under the hood where you can't jump back into your fitness routine because then you just make yourself worse sometimes. So it's kind of a weird, it's a weird symptom to have. Exactly. Well, let's dig in and just talk about the big five to seven key things that drive anxiety from an underlying cause perspective. And then we can talk about natural strategies to help. Sure. So, yeah. So number one for me, I'm going to say an imbalanced circadian rhythm. Now Mm. I say this just because I feel like a lot of people, they start their day with not enough margin. So say they have to be at work at 9am, they may get up at 820, just enough to eat. They get the kid ready for school. They throw them in the car. They shove something down. They got the coffee real quick. They jump in the car and they go. They didn't have enough margin in their time, in their their rhythm of the day that the rest of the day is panicked but if they could just build a little more margin into their morning and have say 20 30 minutes to focus and clear their mind do a little morning meditation some gratitude whatever it is to start the day okay here's my top two and three things that i should focus on today it's going to relieve a lot of anxiety for the rest of the day that's kind of my my starting point before we geek out yeah, that's a really good one too. I also like um, just a little checklist. I like the Google Task. That's just a, a simple free app that anyone who has Google, you click on the inbox button and right below there's a thing that says task. You can just put a couple of things in there and then just come in there and check them off and then you can get an app to your phone that mirrors it. So I like that. So if you're a little bit stressed before bed, one of the things, if I'm feeling a little stressed or anxious before bed, I'll just pull open that app and I'll just punch down some of the big three to five things that are on my mind um, and then put like some deadlines on it, and that significantly helps reduce a lot of anxiety as well. That's great. Is there anything that you do that gives you anxiety in particular? Well, a lot of times I get anxiety when I have a lot of stuff on my plate, and for some reason I'm stuck where I can't act. Like I am, I have obligations, or I've extended myself, or I have to do something you know, that I've already committed myself to. And then I, these things are hanging over my head because I'm kind of one of these people like do it now, 
do it now. Like, don't think about it. Just get it done. Like, I got a video I got to do. Like, I'm like, oh, I can go to the gym. But then if I go to the gym, I'm going to be thinking about when I'm going to do it because I got 12 hours of patience the next three days in a row and there's no time to do it. So I want to just get it done tonight. And that will be a huge anxiety release for me. So those are big things using technologies like um, Google Task. There's one called Winstreak that allows you to put a couple of tasks on there. I like those. Uh, people that are more visual, you can use something called Trello. You can put a lot of your tasks on there and then you can kind of move physically move them around a board and you can kind of mom that way. So I like that just from a, um, a life hacking strategy standpoint. It may not be the biochemistry and the physiology that we normally talk about, but it's very helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, so you sound like you're more of the performance anxiety, if anything, not necessarily yeah. the symptomatic anxiety where you're in five o'clock traffic and you feel like you're going to have a panic attack. Right. But again, the panic attack typically happens to people that are more stressed to begin with. Healthy people typically don't get panic attacks. A lot of the history I see, panic attacks come from a physiology that's weaker or a biochemistry that's weaker. So like one of the first things that I see that set a lot of my female patients up for it is typically a, a history of yo-yo dieting or cutting calories. That's actually a massive hormonal stressor. It puts a lot of stress on the blood sugar. People go into these hypoglycemic dips or... Um, or even just skipping meals. I mean, that yeah. can be a major stressor. So if you're already eating bad and each meal is bringing nutrients into your body, right? Forget calories. Calories are, you know, they're, they're, it's basically a measurement of heat. But forget calories because you can get a whole bunch of calories in with very little nutrients. But if you're just skipping a meal, yeah, you don't get the calories, but you're also maybe missing a lot of the good essential B vitamins or antioxidants or other nutrients that maybe would have been in there if you ate the meal. Yeah, and to add on top of the yo-yo dieting, just in general, because most people that do yo-yo diet have done this, low-fat diets. Low-fats, exactly. Awful, awful, awful. Anxiety-inducing diet is a low-fat diet. Exactly, and I see a lot of people that do a lot of intermittent fasting or even bulletproof fasting where they're, they're just skipping their meal, and it's not the best thing for them, especially if they're under a lot of stress. I always recommend intermittent fasting for people that are hormonally or biochemically in a good place. Yep. Meaning they relatively feel great. They perform well. They sleep good. Their functional lab tests look like they're you know in a pretty good range, so to speak, on the adrenals or thyroid function. That's a pretty good, you know, gives you a good baseline of if intermittent fasting may be right for you. But if not, you don't want to be intermittent fasting during the week when you're under stress and under deadlines and you already have a, a more fragile hormonal or biochemical system to be skipping on nutrients and be skipping meals. Yeah, you you and I have kind of joked on each other about skipping meals because we stay so busy. You're like, Evan, did you eat? You know, because I was having some issues where I was feeling that shaky, irritable yeah. before meals and that's when I was – skipping meals because I'd eat a really fatty breakfast and I'd feel so full that I could almost go without eating a meal. But at a certain point, that blood sugar is still going to come back down. You got to get that food back in every four to five hours to to support that blood sugar, especially if you're under significant stress because you're going to be burning through all those B vitamins. Your kidneys are dumping magnesium. I mean, there's so much stuff that's getting depleted yeah. that people aren't replenishing. So maybe if we, if I can intervene with an action step here, I'm a big fan of using transdermal magnesium, whether it's lotion or oil. Yeah, that's good. I remember one day you called me and you're like, Dr. J, I'm having a little bit of anxiety. I think I'm having a little panic attack. What's going on? I go, Evan, when was the last time you ate? You're like, shoot. I was like, maybe seven hours ago. I'm like, bingo. Yep. There it was crazy. And, and it, you start to get inside of your own head and it's like, oh my God, is my heart messed up? 
And, you know, I had magnesium in my brain, but I hadn't thought of it. You're like, dude, just go drink some natural calm. So I just pumped two teaspoons down real quick and drank it, jumped in the bath. My wife threw a couple of uh, drops of lavender essential oil in the bathtub for me. She's like, I got a bath going. Had the lights real dim, the nice music on. I jumped in there took me down from like an eight to a three within like five to 10 minutes. It was great. That's great. great. Really cool. So blood sugar so far, we have minerals like magnesium, um, L-theanine, GABA support. These are natural kind of inhibitory things that allow your brain to shut down. Uh, Lifestyle strategy things, either use the Google task or the Winstreak app or Trello and kind of put your your task down on a sheet, going to download your brain and then allows your brain to shut off because your brain knows that you got um, another place you know, to remind you about them. It's kind of like when you got a plane flight early the next day and you just one alarm's on, you're like, oh, shoot, what if it doesn't go off? What if it's not plugged in? But if you set two alarms, it allows you to be like, okay, you know, I feel a little better. I can sleep now. And I equate, you know, having a to-do list is like setting two alarms when you have a real early morning flight. It just gives you that little bit of extra security that you're not going to forget about it. Oh, yeah. And I, I kind of like the analogy of RAM in your computer. Like if you have 50 programs open, your computer's not going to run that good and you're gonna be half running skype half running google chrome half running your email with your brain if your brain is on the supplements that you have to ship to this patient and this lab test it still needs to be reviewed and this patient you have to contact if i have that stuff on my mind i'll just my productivity just plummets and as soon as i get that i mean sometimes i even just write it on a piece of paper but i'm like you i like just using an app for it in my phone so I could just ching done and it's it's helps it's like I'm freeing up the RAM and then all of a sudden my brain's like wow here's all the other things that I can think about now that I wasn't even able to think about because so much of my RAM was spent worrying about this stuff so it's, it's kind of feels amazing. good when you check it off too oh, it's like, oh yeah it's like oh that kind of feels good it does <laughs> I like that I like yeah. that. It's really good. Yeah. So next, you know, we've we've harped on this before in so many podcasts. So we're going to glaze over this some of some of these things and have people go back to other episodes to get more information. But obviously, yeah. thyroid dysfunction and adrenal dysfunction will all drive anxiety for a lot of reasons. The fact that a lot of thyroid conditions are autoimmune. So if your immune system is attacking your thyroid and your thyroid spilling out thyroid hormone, that can easily cause high to low swings of thyroid hormone, which can increase your metabolism. High and low can create feelings of anxiety. Same with your adrenaline when it's being pumped up and cortisol and adrenaline is being pumped out. That can also create those feelings of anxiety as well. And we can use adaptogens and minerals and obviously diet and lifestyle strategies like cutting out gluten and grains and an autoimmune diet and using adaptogenic herbs and, and nutrient support for the adrenals as well. Definitely. Yeah. And I think just trying to slow down your RPM and not doing 50 miles per hour metaphorically with your life in first gear. So if you're somebody who you're always driving in the fast lane on the highway and you're somebody who's always weaving in and out of traffic and you're doing 20 to 30 miles over the speed limit, you're always in a rush. You're never giving yourself enough time, enough buffer that I was talking about earlier to do things that's going to contribute to anxiety too. So if you are feeling that way and you have the lifestyle stuff down, you have the minerals, the nutrition down, and you're still feeling ah, just racy, slow down in your car, slow down in the things that you do. Tell your body, look, we don't have to be in that sympathetic fight or flight right now. Let's chill out. Let's rest. Let's digest. Let's repair. Let's do all these things behind the scenes that don't get done in the modern world enough. 
Yeah, I like that. I think one thing people don't realize they do, but when they get anxious, they actually start breathing through the chest. Mm-hmm. And the chest is part of, it's activating that sympathetic nervous system because what happens is you have these muscles that go from your neck down to your shoulder called the omohyoid muscles. And you also have the scalenes that, that go to the upper part of the rib cage and to your neck. And when you start chest breathing, so for everyone listening now, if, if you're not driving, that's my disclaimer here. I mean, it's kind of common sense, but if you're not driving, take one hand, put it on your chest, the other hand, put it on your belly. And just take a deep breath and just just notice what hand raises first. So if you're doing it correctly, you should raise, you should notice that bottom hand rising first. And when you get stressed, what you're gonna start to notice is that top hand rising first. So everyone just kind of take a deep breath right now and breathe through that bottom hand first, the one on the belly. Let that bottom hand rise first. Let it come in through the nose. The nose fibers have the olfactory cranial nerves, which are parasympathetic input in the brainstem. Uh, big fancy words. It just means you're activating the rest and digest and repair part of your nervous system. So when you're breathing in and belly breath and in through the nose, you're really activating the parasympathetics. And now to do the opposite, take a breath through the chest. So the first, the top part of the hand that's on the chest, Make that rise first and breathe through your mouth. You're going to notice it's a shallow breath. It's, it's awful. a breath that you don't quite get that oxygen in your system. And just do it a couple times. Just go mouth breathe. Breathe to that top part of the chest. You're going to start feeling anxious. Man, I'm starting to have a panic attack already. <laughs> Sheesh. So I'm going to go back to the old way just to kind of have good form here. So. So that just really gets the parasympathetics going. And then there's other ways too. You can do it with an HRV like an M-wave where you're breathing in following the light on the way up and then out through the mouth on the way down. There's different box breaths. But just a real simple one is four in, pause, four out, pause. There's some other fancier ones. But I mean, in the end, getting the parasympathetics going to the nose, having that deep diaphragmatic breath so as you – Breathe in, your diaphragm goes low, your intestines move out into your belly so it makes you look like you're almost pregnant. And then when you breathe out, that belly comes right back in and that diaphragm raises right back up and puts pressure on those lungs to breathe out. And that nice, good diaphragmatic breath that really stimulates relaxation and the parasympathetics. That's awesome. I want to add two things on top of that. One is if you parse your lips, kind of like you're oh, yeah. s- sucking through a margarita straw or something kind of parse your lips like you're blowing a kiss to somebody and you and I try to exhale I don't really have a count but I try to exhale as much as possible until like yes. I'm completely expelled of this carbon dioxide buildup that happens from that overbreathing. yeah I love that and I just go out on walks too where you can do like a breath meditation so yeah. you kind of breathe in on one step two step three step four step and then you pause on the fifth step and then you go out on the next four and then pause on that last one and do it again. That's a really nice way. They call it a walking meditation and you just sync it up to your steps, to your breaths, through the nose. And then if you really want to get fancy, you can do tapping on the inside part of the uh, fingers. Those are meridian points. So then you get lots of stimulation to the parasympathetics. You get a lot of parasympathetic stimulation on those meridian points on the outer should say in the on the inner part of the pinky ring, middle, and index finger, and you can do that 
with the thumb. So tap the thumb to the index, thumb to the middle, thumb to the ring, thumb to the pinky, and it's just the outer tip, and then do it again on the way back. And it's, it's a really good way to do it. Okay, so you're saying take my thumb and just tap the the middle of my thumb, like if you were to do a thumbprint, the middle of the thumb right there? Just the side tip, and you just do each tip. So if you're putting your thumb to your fingernail, it would just be on the side, the inside part of the fingernail. Yep, got it. So you do inside part of the index finger, inside part of the middle, inside part of the ring, inside part of the thumb, or now, the pinky, and then back. Now do you want to hold, or are you just tapping those? Like Just tapping. Okay, so do you just do like one next finger, one next finger, one next finger, one, or is it like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five? Yeah, it's just one, two, three, four, and then you do it again, one, two, three, four. So you're just always going one, two, three, four. Okay, so just tapping once on each of those inside of those fingers. So if people are doing it with their right hand, that's the left piece of your finger there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty, it's powerful. I mean, I, I like it. Um, the breathing, if you sync up to it, it's just a lot of stimulation to your nervous system, but you're really getting the parasympathetics going. Right. The other thing I wanted to add on to that was that something that's been really helpful for me and a couple of girls that I help that struggle with anxiety, mostly because they have too much going on and they don't ever manage their schedule well, but I still bear with them and, and do my best to help them with the lifestyle stuff is to just sit flat on the floor and then put your legs up against the wall like straight mm-hmm. up the wall or if yeah. you're not that flexible you can sit on a couch like lay down with your back on the couch and then you just hang your calves over the edge of the couch like up to the top of the couch like you're trying to climb up the couch basically yeah and just kind of letting your blood flow back down that's been super helpful for any time that i have some anxiety that just pops up whether it was blood sugar or otherwise related i do that and then i'll do the tapping and then i'll have the essential oils going and then some magnesium there's not much anxiety that could be left after you create like five different little pieces of of positivity that we've talked about yeah and you can also look at eft that's that's powerful too because you're basically stimulating the meridian system people think it's kind of hokey but it's these are just all nerve systems and these are just points in which the nerves kind of create this almost like an energy vortex where um, more of that nerve energy meets at the solar plexus or meets at the thyroid or meets at the pituitary. And you can access certain tapping points by the eyebrow or on the inside part of the eyebrow or under your nose or your chin or right under your eye. And you can even double tap on both sides. Like you can do the outer side of the eyebrow, outer, uh, right underneath both eyes. You can do right on the both clavicle bones where the clavicle meets the sternum. You can do, um, let's see here, you can do right up by the armpit area in alignment with uh, the, the breast tissue. And these are nice little things that you can do to access the parasympathetics and, and just kind of cool down the nervous system response. And the cool thing with like EFT or these different tapping techniques, you can actually focus on the issue. So if you're really heated up over this anxious issue, you can just kind of have a conversation with someone or even just talk out loud to yourself and just you can just be tapping on these points and you're going to start to feel your body getting a little bit more under control and a little bit more relaxed as you do it. 
So it's a lot better to at least tap about these issues than just, you know, vent about them. You're much better off tapping as well because that really calms the nerves, the nervous system. Yeah. If I do three rounds of EFT like you just talked about with those different points and then do an affirmation such as even though I'm anxious, I deeply love and accept myself, three rounds of that. And I'm like, wow. I mean, it's equivalent to like taking an anti-anxiety medication. So I definitely use EFT in any stressful situation. Like if I'm in a super crazy, hectic crowd or when I'm going to be flying, you know, if I feel apprehensive about it at all, like if I'm flying in through a thunderstorm or something crazy, yeah. I'm like, holy some crap. turbulence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to tap this thing out. That's So that's what I do. Yeah. And if you're in an area where you can't really do it, what you can do is um, like if you're on a plane and like it starts getting a like, little bit of turbulence, you can do it. Tap these points here right on your chest, right where the clavicle meets the sternum. You can just tap there and you can just think about it in your head. Like just think about what's going on, what's bothering you. Think about tap under your eyes. Just think about what's going on. Think about the stress and then tap on the outer side of the eyebrow. And it will calm you down. You do it for two or three minutes, you'll start to yawn. And part of that is the yawning kind of uh, philosophically is like that sympathetic energy is just starting to release your, throughout your body. Oh, and that's cool. you this yawn. Yeah. I never paid and attention I, to that before. Yeah, and I see it a lot. I see it a lot. I think Dave Asprey did a podcast recently, and he had someone working with him, and Dave started just yawning. He's like, whoa, I feel so tired. And, and I think it was Nick Ortner was saying, yeah, that's just the sympathetic release that's coming outside of you. Oh, that's great. I need to pay attention to that when I'm tapping then. I haven't really made the connection yet. Oh, it's very powerful. So if you notice yawning, it's like, whoa, you'll have just a ton of yawns. It's just, That's part of that sympathetic decompression. That's great. Yeah. Ah, this Absolutely. is a relaxing show. I think this has been very helpful. Yeah, I've been working on my breathing and some tapping, so it definitely helps. So we have biochemical stuff, which is more diet-related, which is like a lot of the adrenals, the thyroid. And don't get me wrong, tapping will always help. But if you've got an underlying hypothyroid issue and it's driven from a hypothyroid issue, the, the tapping will only be palliative. It won't actually fix the issue. Yeah. If you have magnesium deficiency, tapping will only help support the issue from a palliative not meaning it's just a superficial thing but if it's just something emotional and you don't have an underlying thyroid or adrenal issue and overall you're pretty good that can be really supportive especially if it's just an underlying emotional issue it could actually be treating the root cause but a lot of people though they have other things going on that tapping won't solve just by itself amen and we're assuming if you're listening to this show that you are getting the diet straightened out If you suspect adrenal or thyroid issues, you're reaching out to one of us and digging deeper, and you're not just ignoring these things and thinking that these little shortcuts here are the secret that's going to get you better. Because if you ignore that stuff, your results are going to be limited, and they're going to be very, very short in duration of how long they work. Like if you just go get a chiropractic adjustment and you don't change anything, you're probably going to need another adjustment and another adjustment and another adjustment, and it's not going to stick very long. But I see even in the office where I work here locally, that people, they don't have to come in as much. Now, obviously, he wants them to come in so he can still you know, keep his business running. But it's like when you get the inflammation down and the nutrition stuff dialed in, they may not need as much adjusting and regular you know, spinal alignments and things like that. Yeah, once the inflammation's under control, depending on how, how much you sit or how much activity you're doing, you know, maybe one to, one to two times a month may be enough depending on what your activity level is to kind of maintain. So it's kind of like that with a lot of things. I just want to make sure anyone that starts doing some of the EFT stuff, I just want them to, to realize that that will never fix underlying biochemical issues that are deeper. It'll only be palliative and supportive. So let's kind of recap here. So we talked about some lifestyle strategies with the checklist and using some technology like Windstreak or Trello to help 
organize or get your thoughts out on paper or on your smartphone. Um, giving yourself a little more time in the morning to get things done. Get that get up twenty minutes earlier so you can sit down and have your have your coffee or you know have your meal or just sit down and relax and do some breathing before you run out the door. That can be helpful. If you have adrenal or thyroid dysfunction, definitely look at that. If you have any gut issues, you want to get that looked at. Is that can affect protein and and amino acid absorption, and that can create leaky gut, and which inflammation in the gut equals inflammation in the brain. And I almost always see people that are anxious, they tend to never just be anxious by itself. It tends to be anxiety and maybe brain fog, or anxiety in irritability, or anxiety in depression, or anxiety and fatigue. It's like there's more than just one mood thing. It's very rare that something is just you know, in isolation by itself. So the gut, the adrenals, and the thyroid always have to be looked at when we have those issues too. Totally. That was incredible that you brought that up because I was just picturing a lady and it's the weirdest combination of symptoms. Like it's so exhausting. One of the ladies that I talk with, she's anxious and fatigued at the same time. So she's so tired, but she's still so anxious that she's revved up. So it's like this bipolar type of scenario and it's just it's so hard to deal with, but as you pull out of the rabbit hole, it seems like one or the other starts to give first, whether the energy gets better and then sometimes you can push people and overstimulate them and then anxiety gets worse. So it's definitely something that you should reach out to us or somebody that's skilled in this stuff because if you just start adding in B vitamins because you heard B vitamins are awesome and that's the next thing you need to do to fix your fatigue, well, you could add too many, especially if they're activated, and you can drive anxiety up worse. And I've done that myself, just self-experimenting with different things, just to you know to learn more about how the how the brain and body interact. And and you can push yourself too far quickly. So I just wanted to throw that little disclaimer in there. Oh, that's great. I really like that. So you talked about the adrenals, and like I said too, um, it's it's very rare to have these things together. I very rarely see anxiety by itself. I almost say I've never seen anxiety where the patient was like, yeah, my only issue is anxiety. I very rarely see that. Anxiety tends to be like the second, I say the, the second to fourth symptom on the list. And there's always either fatigue or a digestive issue or some type of brain fog or mood or memory issue even before it. So outside of that, I think just try one or two of the things that we suggested today that may resonate and see how you do with it. And definitely the breathing is one that everyone can be doing, especially if you're driving or just sitting in in your car or in your house and or your work and you're feeling a little stressed, just try the breathing stuff out. That's going to be just huge by itself. Yep. I'd like to, my last comment is that life is not always what happens to you, but how you respond to it. So I know some people say life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. I don't know if it's quite that huge, but Definitely for me, just looking at things a little bit differently, trying to laugh things off, you know, jumping on YouTube and watching goofy cat videos. I mean, whatever it is that makes you laugh, getting laughter in and just looking at something and just saying, oh man, that really sucks. And just kind of brushing it off. You don't really have to let every little thing that goes wrong in your life burrow itself inside of you like a groundhog. You know what I mean? You can just let some of these things just cross the surface like a wave. It hits you. That's awful. That sucks. And then move on. Like everything doesn't have to get locked inside and require some six week, six day, six month, six year, 60 year 
grieving process to get over it. Sometimes you can just learn to just let things go. And if you're struggling letting things go like that, then definitely incorporate the tapping through these stressful times that you may be experiencing. And that will definitely alleviate some of the symptoms. Yeah, I'm going to leave everyone with a a little story here that I just was told to me last week and it really resonated. So a psychologist walked into a room and held up a glass of water that was at the halfway point. So most people listening to this right now probably say, well, they're going to ask, is it is the glass half full or half empty? Well, instead, the psychologist asked, well, how much, how heavy is the glass of water? And answers range between you know, eight ounces to 20 ounces. And then she replied, the weight doesn't matter. It really depends on how long you hold it. So if you hold it for a minute, it's not really a big deal, right? If you hold it for an hour, well, your arm will start getting achy. If you hold it for a day, your arm's going to feel numb and paralyzed. So what's the moral of the story? Well, in each case, the weight of the glass didn't change, but the longer you held it, the heavier it becomes. So think about this. If you think about something for a little while, short time, nothing happens. If you think about it a bit longer, well, it begin to hurt. And if you think about it all day long, you begin to get paralyzed and you're incapable of doing anything. That's what it comes to a lot of these negative thoughts. So it's not about the half full, half empty. It's how long you can hold on to it. And one really cool technique in NLP that you can do is anytime a negative thought comes into your mind, visualize a stop sign shooting right in. And what happens is you start to interrupt that pattern. And then anytime you start going into these negative places, that stop sign can come in and really interrupt the pattern. You can even put like an elastic on your um, on your wrist and you can snap it really, really hard so it gives you that visceral response. That's a great way of breaking the pattern so you aren't lingering on that negativity. That can be a really big help. That was a great story. Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it, Evan. Thanks. All right. Anything else you want to leave with? I think we, we actually went a lot longer than I thought we were, but it was – you know, really good show, lots of good topics. Even if you're not doing the functional medicine stuff, you can still walk away with some good strategies outside of that too. Yeah, and if you know somebody, maybe you are listening to this and you're like, huh, this was interesting stuff and you know somebody that's dealing with anxiety and maybe you're not specifically, share it with them. Let us know. You know, We don't spend money by putting our faces up on billboards. We depend on people like you sharing this message with other people that need to know that there is another option that is far more effective and has virtually no side effects. So if you heard this and you know somebody that's going down the conventional rabbit hole and now you know there's other options, then share it with them. We'd love to we'd love to have them get this free information. Absolutely. And you know, the conventional medical options that are out there, they're just band-aids, they're not fixing the issues. And they have a whole lot of nasty side effects. Just Google any of these antipsychotics or benzos. I mean, you can't even drink a benzo with alcohol without potentially creating, you know, life, life dangering, life endangering side effects. I mean, that's pretty scary. I mean, magnesium or some of these natural essential oils, you could do that and not even have an issue. So these are dangerous medications that a lot of people are on. And if you're on them long term, well, then we're definitely ignoring the underlying causes here. So try a couple of them. If you get some benefits, go click below this video either on YouTube or the iTunes app and shoot us a review over on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, David. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Like I mentioned, I forgot to even put this one up. This was from a couple months ago and I was listening back. I'm like, man, how could I not share this? Because I know a lot of people are dealing with 
depression and anxiety or a combination of both of those. And I really want you to understand that there are options for you and you can beat it or defeat it. Maybe that's not the best terminology, but you can get to the underlying cause of why that's happening and fix it. And it's definitely something that's going to empower you to do the things that you want to do in life when you do fix it. So if you'd like to schedule a free consult with me, visit the website, notjustpaleo.com. Click the schedule a appointment button and you click it there and I'll spend 15 minutes with you on Skype if you're outside of the U.S., or you can input your phone number and we'll talk via phone about this issue. If it's a specific issue, perfect. If it's something else that you want to talk about that you've heard from other podcast episodes, totally. I'm open to any and all symptoms to discuss with you and determine if and how I can help you get better. All right, this is Evan Brand signing out. I'll talk to you soon. Make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Still going to be keeping up with the podcast here. But the YouTube channel is where I'm putting the most of my passion right now. So type Evan Brandon on YouTube and you'll find the channel and you can just hit subscribe. All right. Take care. Bye.